Uh, I've been here for a little bit. I've been able to preach a few times before here at Emerge, and it is always an honor. It's always, I'm always excited to do it. It's always a blessing. I hope it's a blessing to you guys, and I'm just always excited to preach. So, um, we had technically a continuation of the We Don't Talk Anymore series. But it's a little it's a little bit different. Do we remember what went on in the last We Don't Talk Anymore sermons? Give me what did, what did we talk about? We talked about relationship with God and, and doing that. What did what did we discuss? Prayer is number one. Okay. Okay. What's another thing? I see a lot of notebooks. I feel like a lot of you guys probably took notes on these. So maybe jog back. All right, we talked last week about devotion. We talked other weeks about prayer, other weeks about getting into the word. And today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. And we're going to talk about our fellowship, not with God, but our fellowship with other believers. All right. So I have a few questions for you guys. We're going to start off. Who in here plays any team sports? For example, we got, yes, I see some hands. For example, Basketball, football, soccer, cheerleading, volleyball, a few, okay. Now, who in here plays an individualized sport? All right, what, what, what individualized sport do you play? Horseback ride, okay. That's not on my notes at all. That's, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I saw some other hands. What, what else we got? All right. Anybody wrestler in here? No. Anybody do golf, tennis? There we go. There we go. We got some people. Anybody do anybody do karate? None. Okay. All right. I was going to have somebody demonstrate for us. All right. Final question. Do you believe that your spiritual walk, your relationship with God is a team sport? Or a team adventure, not a not a sport. You believe it's a team adventure or an individualized adventure? Your your relationship with God. I'm gonna let that soak in. Um, you guys, you think about that, and you'll you'll have your answer by the end. All right. So the power, the the title of my sermon tonight is the power of two or three. Everybody say that. The power of two or three. The power of two or three. So the Bible talks very often about our relationship with the Lord, and it makes it very clear. It makes one thing very clear, that your relationship with the Lord is a personal decision. It's a personal choice. And if you want a relationship with the Lord, you have to decide in your heart to allow Jesus to come into your life. You can't, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard this. You can't be saved based off of your parents. You can't be saved based off of your uncle or your grandfather or your relationship with the pastor at church. Um, your relationship with God is an individual, one-on-one relationship. But the Bible also talks very often about what happens after you've made that personal decision and that personal choice. The moment you accept Christ into your life, you say, God, come into my life, come into my heart. I want you to, to take over. There's three things that, that the Lord sends to us as soon as we do that. Number one is Jesus. He comes into our heart. His power, his, his love, his, his, you know, we, we become more like Jesus when we accept him into our hearts. All right? 
Then another thing that we receive is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also comes into our, our hearts when we accept Christ. All right? And then he also sends one more, pre- one more group of people. And that one more group of people is our fellow believers, our ch- people at our church, the people around here, our fellow believers. All right? They, after we made that personal decision, they are with us and they are helping us and they are helping us grow just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and so forth. As soon as you allow Jesus into your life, he brings along assistance. The Bible often talks about the power of believers coming together when they unite, when they, you know, the verse, when iron sharpens, sharpens iron, and when they fellowship, when they come together and believe on things. There are so many references in the Bible which speaks about how three strands are uneasily broken. You know, if you have one rope, you can break it a lot easier than compared to if you have three different ropes intertwined together. You know, God is with those who are gathered. We've heard, you know, we hear verses like that all the time. But today we will discuss how gathering in groups of believers allows us to play defense while also playing offense. So I'm going to go back to the sport. We all know if you're on offense on a football team, what are you trying to do? Score a touchdown, not field goals. We're not settling for field goals. Score touchdowns. If you're on offense in volleyball, what are you trying to do? Score, all right? You're trying to spike the ball on the other team's head and different stuff like that, all right? And then if you're on defense in football, I'm going to go back to football. If you're on defense in football, what are you trying not to do? Not to let, not to let the other team score. And so I want to compare our relationship with our Christ, our, this adventure that we accept, that we, this adventure that we go on as soon as we accept Christ into our lives. I want to compare that to defense and offense. All right? So as Christians, who are we defending ourselves against? So think about your, your, your Christian walk, trying to follow Jesus. Who are you defending? What are you, being, what are you defending against? I'll hear some answers. Somebody give me some, some, something. From people, you know, the evil, evil, I'm sorry. Some, some people are evil, so you're trying to avoid some people, but leave it at that. The devil, temptations, you know, different things, all things that are throughout the world, because we know that the world is not the perfect place. There's a lot of evil that goes on, a lot of hate, a lot of anger. So many evil things that are in the world, and the world in itself is evil. All right? And the other, pers- the other thing that we are defending ourselves against is the devil. So we are going, does anybody have their Bibles today? We are going to read Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 20. So if you have your Bibles, the verse we're going to go to is Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 20. 20. So we have a smaller group tonight. So we're going to do a little bit different. If whoever gets it and would like to read out, you feel free and I will hand you the mic and you could read these five verses if anybody's up to it. Anybody there? Would you be interested for reading? All right, coming to you. I'm coming to you. 
If your brother sin against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established. But the testimony of two or three witnesses, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever your bind on the earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you. By my Father in heaven, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. All right, all right. Everybody give a round of applause for reading. She's a little newer here, but she had the courage to read. So so what do we see in this section? We see, um, you know, a lot of times when we hear two or three or more are gathered in Jesus' name, Jesus is there with them. But we also see other things in the verses before. The main observation that I made is that those verses before are talking about sin. Sin within the church especially because... Amongst believers, you know, as we know, everybody in here, is anybody in here perfect? No. Do we, any of us have friends that are perfect? No. As soon as you realize that, you know, obviously the better your life is because nothing will, will happen. But as Christians, we're trying to be like Jesus. And as we know, Jesus is perfect. Right? So as we're striving for that, we're, we're never, we'll never be able to attain perfectness. We'll never be able to be perfect. But... When we have brothers and sisters in Christ who love us, and they are essential to our walk with Christ. So in times when I'm sinning, I'm not being perfect. When I have a group of people around me, two or three or more, gathered around me, people that love me, people that I can come to, people that I can abide in, people that I can be comfortable being honest and being vulnerable with. When I have people like that, that is so essential to our walk with Christ. And when you do that, when you have a group that, that you're tight with and that you're close with, it provides accountability. Accountability because on our own, that we, we all know we're not perfect. We need accountability. We need the people that are with us, that are on our side, and that are saying, you know, this is the way that you, you know that this is the way you need to go. This is, this is how you become more like Christ. And when we do that on our own, a lot of times it gets kind of fogged up and it gets, it's unclear. But when we have people with us, a friend group, people that are around here, you know, look around the room. You have people that you meet in the fam time groups with, people that you maybe text throughout the week. We need to be building up a group around us of, of fellow believers that are going to be supporting us and alongside us. Because without that, your walk with Christ is much more difficult. And so um, I have a second point. And the second point is going to be about the devil. All right. So that's defending against sin in the world, the sin in ourselves, sin in different things like that. But now we're going to talk about the devil. So I'm going to read 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 9. And it says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another 
because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Do we have the video in the back? All right, so we're going to watch this video. You're going to be like, uh, not science, but people that are in nature. You're going to watch how these people, watch how the lion attacks his prey. All right, we'll leave it right there. Look at that picture. That's a, a beastly animal right there. All right, so what do we think happens? We'll stop the video. It's kind of, I know, it's kind of gruesome. I'm sorry. But we'll stop the video right there. What is the end result of that video? Death. One word. That's all it is, death. All right. So one died and the rest were saved. All right. So there's a lot of parallels to what I just read in the scripture. Be alert and of sober mind. Those were the, whatever those were, the buffalo, wildebeest, were they alert and of sober mind? Nah, they, they were like this close to the lion and didn't even realize it. The lion was crouched, all right? And look at what the, your enemy, the devil, we're going to call the lion the enemy, prowls around like a roaring lion, literally, looking for someone to devour. The lion is there, it's crouched, it's act like it's trying to blend in. The whatever those other animals are, they're walking around, they're not of sober mind, they're not being alert. And the devil knows is there any way that the lion could have attacked all of those animals? No way at all. But what was the lion looking for? One. The slowest person. The one that didn't stick with the pack. They all kind of ran this way. I don't know what that one will be. I think it made like a little circle and went the wrong way. And the lion was looking for one. To get alone, one that he could have to himself, because you know when he had the one to himself, he was going to tear it up. Literally, tear it up. And that's why we had to stop it, because there was some, some scared, scared females up here, so that was... But I understand, honestly, when I was watching that, I was kind of like, wow. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. So, we see how the lion attacks. They try to single out the prey. And once they have their prey alone, fighting by itself... They usually get the kill. And in the same way, Satan, the devil, is trying to single believers out. He wants us to be alone. He wants us to be distracted. He wants us just to go about our day without intentionality, without purpose, wandering around looking for food. He wants you to be not on, you know, not focused. He wants you to be alone. And when that is the case, that's when, it, that's when Satan tries to make his move. A lot of time, you know, if, if we're in church, I'm going to be honest, I'm in church and I'm sitting amongst a group of believers. That is not the moment when I am most temp tempted to sin. Anybody, you know, you're kind of sitting here, man, I mean, whatever, your mind's kind of racing. But you're, you're at least tempted to sin. You're in a crowd of believers. You're in a group of people. But I know when I'm by myself and I'm in my car and, you know, situations... That's when I'm more tempted to sin. The times that I'm alone by myself and I'm being singled out, I don't have a group of people around me. And I know, I know that I'm tempted in those moments because you understand how the devil attacks. You understand how the enemy attacks. We just saw 
a visualization of how the devil is trying to come for you. He wants you to be distracted. He wants you not to be focused. He wants you not to be inside the group. He wants you alone. And when you're alone, that's when he attacks. The best way to defend yourself against the enemy's attacks is to unite with other believers. That is the best way. Does anybody, anybody remember the Golden State Warriors, what their slogan was uh, two years ago? They won all the time, and their, their slogan was strength in numbers. All right? It was, they had a lot of guys, they had a lot of superstars, and they went up against LeBron, and they beat LeBron because LeBron was by himself, and the Golden State Warriors had an all-star team. All right? Then what happened the next year, last year? The Toronto Raptors had a great team. The Golden State Warriors got singled out because Stephen Curry was the only one to play, and then they lost. When there's strength in numbers, when you can get around people that, you know, he's, Stephen Curry was around people, but he didn't have those same all-star caliber people. He, he didn't have those people in our spiritual walks. He didn't have those people that are walking daily with Christ, that are really disciplined in the faith. And it's the same correlation between us. We, we're always surrounded by people. When you go to it's different now, but when you go to school, you're always going to be surrounded by people. But are those people really lifting you up? And encouraging you, making you better. Because if not, then you're that you're also singled out. You're you're the person that goes to church and tries to live a Christian life, but you don't have any friends around you that are doing the same. The devil has easy work at that at those moments because he's going to use those friends to to tear you down. So now we're going to change sides and we're going to go on the offensive. Side of the ball. So we went from defense, and now we're on offense, the more fun part. So we're going to go Hebrews chapter, this will be my last verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And it says, actually, I'm going to start in 24. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are being directed by the word of God to meet consistently with one another. Our main weapon on offense is the word of God. And when you have a group of people around you that are encouraging you to get into the word of God, encouraging you to memorize, and encouraging you to spend time with the Lord, that's when you can get on the offensive end. You need to find friends that are encouraging you in, to get into the word and our friends that are keeping you accountable and friends that are building you up spiritually. And when you find that, you found a special thing. So I have one last video. And so this is quite different. This is quite, this is quite different. You'll probably be a little bit surprised to see this. That's good right there. So the lion is still, we're still going to compare the lion here to, to the enemy. And the enemy does not have that much power. But when the enemy can get you alone and he can get you outside of fellow believers and get you away from, you know, get you distracted from following Christ, then that's when he's powerful. But when you have a group of people around you fighting for you, there's those other world, they didn't have to get in there, but they decided, no, they we're going to fight for our friend because we love them. We want to build them up. We want to see them win. And because of that, the other beast was able to escape. And they were able to defeat the lion. 
So how will you go about your relationship with the Lord? Will you fight these battles alone, just you and Jesus? Well, you're not alone, just you and Jesus. But will you, will you do that without a group of friends around you? Will you des- or will you decide to uh, bring like-minded people alongside you who support, encourage, and love you enough to tell you the hard truth and to keep you accountable? I'm sure this was brought up in our different groups. But um, the last question is, how are we going to build community with, within our groups, within the groups that you have here today? Most of these groups um, meet every week. You know, the, the guys group was a little different because a lot of the guys are missing. I know the girls group, uh, they meet, the middle school girls, they, they meet. And obviously the guys that are here see each other when they come. And so the, the objective was to set up community within our individual groups. And so I feel the best way to do that in response to the message, in response to that question, is for us to kind of get back into our groups and we are going to, um, you know, really be, try to be vulnerable with each other, really be honest with one another and say, I'm struggling in this area, I'm struggling in that area, I need help with this, I'm down in this area, I feel alone here. Um, because we can meet and you can kind of, we can meet in our groups and give that the typical answer and still be alone, even though we're talking amongst the group. But I really want to set up a time for us to be honest and really connect with one another on a different type of level. I know most groups don't really get the chance to pray at the end. And so with that being said, I want everybody, you can stand up, you can stay in your circle, however you're comfortable and we are going to pray amongst our groups. And so this girls group, for time's sake, we're going to split you guys in half. Middle school group should work. Guys should work. And uh, we are really going to be praying. And, you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for our people that are our family members that are hurting, our friends that are sick, our friends and stuff like that. But I really want to focus on our personal needs. What we personally are really going through in this time, our, our walk with Christ, how we're feeling alone, our different sins that we're struggling with, temptations like that, and uh, just really be open and honest with one another, be vulnerable, and when you do that, you can build better community.